Sean Clifford versus Will Levis. We settle the debate today. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm your host, as always, Zach Seiko. Thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for that as well. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube. Subscribe, and then you can turn the bell on for notifications so that you can see whenever a new video is posted. In today's episode, we are going to settle the Sean Clifford versus Will Levis debate. Hindsight's 2020, but did James Franklin and Penn State get it right by letting Will Levis walk? I mean, after all, he's going to be a future first-round pick, maybe even number one overall, right? Will Levis, Sean Clifford, and we'll, I, I want to bring in another Penn State quarterback to add some comparison for what Sean Clifford has done in his career. Also in this episode, we'll go over some recent Penn State headlines. A shocking move. Uh, someone from Penn State is no longer with the program. What he meant and how does Penn State adjust with his sudden departure when James Franklin and Penn State confirm that he is no longer with the team. Uh, and in addition to this episode, we are going to wrap up and look somewhat more. There's Locked On Big Ten with uh, host Nate Dickinson, so I'll shout them out. Uh, he's come on the show with me and helped me out with a little bit of a Maryland preview last week, but I'll shout him out. They do great work over there at Locked On Big Ten, so go check them out as well. The Big Ten itself, I, I kind of went into it a little bit with uh, just how – how mediocre this this conference is this year. It's Michigan, Ohio State, a little bit of a gap than Penn State because both those teams beat them. And, well, then there's the rest of the Big Ten. Penn State would win the Big Ten West. They honestly would have had it clinched at this point. Uh, and what I want to do if I was commissioner of the Big Ten and what actually will happen here. So all of that in today's Tuesday episode of Locked on Nittany Lines. Okay, Sean Clifford versus Will Levis. Everybody has had this debate as far as did Penn State get it right? Did they get it wrong? Uh, would Penn State be a national title contender if they had kept a future NFL first-round draft pick over Sean Clifford, who's going to be holding clipboards the rest of his life? I'm just, just saying what you guys are thinking, right? Uh, but I let's let's go through Will Levis and, and Sean Clifford, their resumes, and, and bring in Trace McSorley into this conversation just to add a little bit of comparison here. Um, because Sean Clifford, for as much criticism as he's received, I mean, he's he's poured his heart and soul into this team. There's some things that he just can't, you know, overcome. Let's let's go back to the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Those teams we're not like the 2016 and the 2017 teams, right? Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Mike Isicki. Yeah, Sean Clifford had Jahan Dotson, but 
Come on. Think think about all the weapons that Trace McSorley had. That's besides the point because I want to begin with Will Levis first, and maybe we can come back to this. Uh, I, I will start off by saying this. First, I just don't understand the total appeal of Will Levis other than the fact that he does have that prototypical NFL quarterback size, uh, and he's got mobility as well, and that's what you're looking for in today's NFL. You're looking for a quarterback that is tall, strong, but – He's not a statue anymore. The days of Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, honestly, those days ended back in 2012 when Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III, RG3, came onto the scene. That's just, when I was a teenager in 2012, I, I honestly thought that the day, the, every quarterback had to be mobile in the future of the NFL. And 10 years later, uh, here we are. So Will Levis does add that aspect. That's He's not a running first quarterback, but... He, he can tuck in and run if he needs to, even though that's actually not been the case this year at Kentucky. So 2021 and 2022, how did Will Levis do? Uh, 2021 is interesting because this is when his draft stock really took over. It's not like we went through the 2022 season and Will Levis became this intriguing prospect. No, this conversation started to happen over the offseason after the 2021 campaign for Will Levis. And I just don't get it. I mean, the numbers don't lie, so you can you can write in the comments, Will Levis or Sean Clifford, who who's the guy? Or even where you think Will Levis will end up, what team he'd be best with, would he be a first-round pick, would he be someone that's more of a day-two guy in the second or third, because that's where I see him. Look at the stats. How many games, guess how many games he threw over 200 passing yards against SEC teams in 2021? One. And that was against a bad tenant. Like I'm talking a bad Tennessee defense, 372 yards against that team. But how about that? No games of 250, 275, a couple here and there, 300. I get how good the SEC is. I get that. But Kentucky was a ranked team last year. They finished in the Citrus Bowl where they played Iowa. And you mean to tell me Will Levis only had one game over 200 yards against a power five against SEC competition? That's the conference he's in. That's that's what we're working with here. Only three games in 2021 without an interception. He turned the ball over in all the other games that he played in all of the 10. So you're guaranteed a Will Levis turnover in 10 out of the 13 games. That ain't good. Uh, 2022 is tougher to assess for me because Will Levis at the time of this recording, and they've only played 10 games and he started in nine of them because he did miss one game with an injury. He's been sacked 34 times. That is not good. That is almost four per game, but in 2022, and if you take out the bowl game, 16 times through 12 games. Okay. So the offensive line did its job. And then Iowa did sack him six times in that bowl game. So uh, no mercy from the Hawkeyes and Kirk Ferentz. I, I will say this about Will Levis, and maybe this is by design. I I've seen some Kentucky highlights. I've watched some of his games on national TV. But uh, the 66 completion percentage, like most quarterbacks strive for 60%. So for him to be six points, six percentage points, higher than what the goal is of, you know, hey, this is a solid solid rating here. Uh, Will Levis is above that, but are those from screens? Or are those from short passes over the middle? Are these really the deep ball, the downfield passes uh, that you have to, where you challenge that completion percentage? So I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into that, but what Kentucky's asking him to do 
uh, he is doing. And then as a runner, he's very solid. He's quick. He's fast. He, there was one game in 2020. Did you know Will Levis was actually one of the last 100-yard rushers in, in Penn State history before uh, that, they went on that streak of no 100-yard games? Actually, did you know this? Will Levis was the last 100-yard rusher at Beaver Stadium in 2019 when he did that against Rutgers. Okay, it was against Rutgers, so how much credit How much credit does he actually get? Uh, no, but besides the point, uh, Will Levis can move. In 2021, he had 387 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. Okay, so what happened in 2022, do you think? Uh, minus 123 rushing yards and only two rushing touchdowns. So not only is Will Levis not using his legs as much, um, or he's just not really as effective, and part of that is the offensive line isn't blocking for him as well. And college and NFL do differentiate. Uh, they track sacks as a rush and a loss on the play. Will Levis is not statistically that bad when it comes to running the football. That's just the case. Uh, so in college, they do track sacks as a carry, and a loss of yardage, where in the NFL, if you're sacked, they don't count that against your rushing total. I mean, that's how Justin Fields, for example, can have 150 rushing yards, even though he gets sacked a lot because the Chicago offense uh, offensive line is very bad. That's besides the point. Okay, so where's Sean Clifford in all of this compared to Will Levis? Well, first, we know that Sean Clifford has passed Trace McSorley in all-time passing yards, all-time passing touchdowns. 10,023 yards and 79 passing touchdowns. And he set the uh, passing touchdowns a, a little bit before, but the passing yards just came against Maryland uh, this past Saturday, uh, past Trace McSorley in both. And you might think, well, that's because Sean Clifford started for four years. He's, he's played in how many games now? 50, 60, right? No, actually, if you can believe that uh, he and Trace set these marks around the same time. Trace McSorley's played in 46 career Penn State games. Sean Clifford, to this point, has played in 48. And like I said, he set the passing touchdown record a few games back. He just set the yardage. So Trace McSorley beats him there. But in terms of passing touchdowns, I think Sean Clifford has him. Uh, Sean Clifford also has a slightly better completion percentage than Trace. And, I, and I'm not picking on Trace McSorley. I, I know how good he is. I know how talented he is. Down-to-earth guy. And that's something that all these Penn State quarterbacks over the past few years, uh, and past decade even, Christian Hackenberg as well, uh, down-to-earth, genuine people. Okay, so I'm not criticizing Trace McSorley here, but I'm trying to set a bar so that we can understand the comparison of what Sean Clifford has done even though he gets all this criticism. So he does have that high, higher completion percentage. He does have more yards. He has more passing touchdowns. Uh, maybe that's the way that James Franklin's offenses have changed. Uh, Trace McSorley was obviously a more effective runner. So if he passed a little more, maybe he would have more statistics to go along with that. But Trace McSorley was truly the definition of a dual threat. I also might add, let's add this here. Sean Clifford, he had one year of Journey Brown and Noah Kane. The running game was not there to bail him out until this year. And look how much better the offense is under Mike Yersich. Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen have changed the entire dynamic of that Penn State offense. Remember who was in the backfield with Trace McSorley? Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. They individually changed the dynamic of this Penn State offense. And so that's how good of a compliment a running back or running backs can be for a quarterback. 
And Sean Clifford doesn't run as much as he used to because he, he ran into some injury troubles uh, these past few seasons. Uh, that asset was taken away because as a sophomore, ran for 402 yards, and everyone thought of Sean Clifford as more of a dual-threat quarterback. And then his junior year, 335. And that was in a shortened nine-game schedule in 2020. So Sean Clifford used to be able to take off and use his legs, and that's what a lot of commentators, a lot of college football analysts describe them as the true dual threat. You had to respect his legs, and that's why he gave opposing defenses more of a problem, but then that was taken away because you wanted to protect him. You needed him on the field. You didn't want him to sustain a really bad injury, but then he became a little more one-dimensional. Uh, and Sean Clifford's taken a lot of hits, even though he isn't taking off as much uh, as he used to. So in conclusion here, Will Levis is definitely the better athlete, and, and so was Trace McSorley. And I know this conversation is more about Will Levis versus Sean Clifford specifically because did James Franklin get it right? Uh, Will Levis, better athlete, better runner, uh, better size. We know that. Taller, uh, weighs more. He's, he's got the prototype of an NFL quarterback, 6'3", 240, what have you. He's got a higher ceiling because of his intangibles. Uh, you can you can work with some of the things that he's a project quarterback. Like he's not going to come in and start day one unless a desperate NFL franchise takes him. But I, I want to leave you with this, and the comments section is opened up. Let's debate it even further. Don't look at it as, well, James Franklin let go of a future first-round NFL draft pick. Look at it in this way. Will Levis was not able to beat out Sean Clifford. So if Will Levis was that great of a quarterback and projected as well as he did, why was he never able to beat out Sean Clifford, who's going to hold clipboards, who's going to be maybe a sixth or seventh round pick as best at best? That's saying something. That, that truly is when you think of it that way. And if, if I'm a front office, if I'm a general manager, like, look, if Will Levis is drafted too high, like top five, top 10 even, he's going to get a front office fired. Like an entire front office will be gone because that's not going to work out. You, will Levis, I see him as a first round pick. Will Levis is not a number one overall pick. He's not even a number 10. He's definitely a first round pick, but he needs to be in with a team, a franchise that has somebody that he can learn behind. So that's my take on it. Will Levis, yes, is the better athlete, the better NFL prospect. But in terms of a college quarterback, at the end of the day, it, it very well is Sean Clifford. And my, my overall assessment of this is Will Levis, if he was so good, if he was so NFL ready, he should have been able to beat out Sean Clifford. I don't think this was a matter of favoritism. They were both recruited by the same coach. Why would one be favored over the other? Uh, so look at it that way. Sean Clifford beat out Will Levis, and you can't start two quarterbacks. So Will Levis, Will Levis is a capable starter in college. But he's not he's not setting the world on fire by any means. So uh, take what you want. Comment section is opened up on YouTube. Let me know if you think Penn State should have kept Will Levis and why. And maybe I'm missing something. But look at the stats. How many times has he thrown over 300 yards against comparable talent? Don't give me that. Don't sit there and say, well, against New Mexico State, he had. No, don't give me that. Uh, that that comment section is closed for that if you're going to do that. But seriously, uh, I do want to know, would you prefer Will Levis or Sean Clifford 
uh, at this point. And I think I, I think I know the answer by allowing everyone to comment like that. This is Locked on Nittany Lines. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Coming up in just a second here, uh, we're going to go through some Penn State headlines that uh, have been circulating now. Uh, breaking news coming yesterday, a surprise subtraction from the Penn State football roster. And how about some teams in the postseason for Penn State Athletics? Yes, we're going to go beyond football in this next segment to talk about a couple of teams that are making some noise in the NCAA tournament. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, well, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-hour, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend and Locked On recommends. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today for your second listen today. Check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube.com. Remember, you can subscribe and hit the bell and get new notifications for whenever I post an episode. Uh, the Will Levis, Sean Clifford debate can continue in the comments. Maybe we get back to it in a different episode if the conversation is there. I am more than open to it, uh, and I hope that you are as well. Uh, so some headlines here for Penn State football and some other varsity sports. Penn State women's soccer in the NCAA tournament. Penn State field hockey in the final four get to that in just a second uh this was shocking just you you don't think that a player will leave abruptly in the middle of the season you just hope that it wasn't a rough ending but freshman tackle malik mcneil is no longer with the team class of 2022 three star graded about an 86 87 according to 24 7 sports my, my take on this is it happens We've seen players just kind of abruptly depart. Uh, they go, they leave, you know, circumstances don't work out. There's academics involved. Let's take Ken Talley, for example, someone who was so influential in building the class of 2022 and the defensive end just gets up and enters the transfer portal, goes to Michigan State. Don't know what the issue is, but what it was, but it never worked out for him. In this case, it doesn't work out for Malik McNeil uh, because he's a former Penn State player and gave this a try. You know, I wish him nothing but the best. I don't want to wish any ill on him. Uh, and there's this has been in a, in a lot of articles that I've seen. They pointed this out that Penn State has only three remaining offensive linemen from the class of 2022. Like, like that's a like that's a bad thing. Like Malik McNeil is what is what is hurting the depth by losing him. I don't think that's the case here. Drew Shelton 
has shown that he can be a capable starter at left tackle as a true freshman. J.B. Nelson from Lackawanna College, uh, he has been somebody that they can even use at any of the tackle spots, guard spots, maybe even center, a true depth piece if he does not crack the starting lineup at some point. And then Vanga Yuane, even though we haven't seen him in an increased role, I have heard that he just has brute strength, and when he does start, he can move buildings. I, I really am truly excited for Venga Yuane to get that opportunity at some point in time. But this is the case. Don't don't let this scare you. Um, yes, it would have been nice to have an extra depth piece around, but something just happened. Uh, you, you don't know what. You just hope it's not bad. Um, and Penn State's got a lot of other players coming in. Uh, you have a 2023 class that has all those superstar offensive linemen, Anthony Donko, Javen Williams, uh, Alex Birchmeyer. Uh, it really is not an issue, and you have Hunter Norzad returning next year. You don't know if Olu Fashionu is going to go in the draft because I've heard that he wants to stick around and get his degree. If he does, that's great. Play another year of Penn State football, but I don't blame him if he wants to become a top 10 pick after this season. And then you have Caden Wallace. You have uh, potentially Juice Scruggs could come back, believe it or not. He's still got a year left of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. Sal Wormley could be back. Like this, the offensive line is going to be even better next year, if you can believe that. And speaking of offensive linemen, uh, offensive tackle Liam Powers, no relation to Chad Powers, unfortunately, uh, has committed to Penn State as a preferred walk-on. Uh, Powers is from Pennsylvania and plays high school football currently at Central Bucks East High School in Bucks County. That's only three and a half hours away from State College, and he'll join that superstar class of offensive linemen, Birchmeyer, Williams, and Donko, as I named. Uh, he's a, literally a big get. He's all state. He's all league. He's a talent, and maybe he can work his way into a scholarship, and we've seen guys do that all the time, guys who aren't necessarily – uh, right out of the gate on scholarship, but they work their way into it. Someone like uh, Dom DeLuca, even though he's a linebacker, for example, he, he is due a scholarship at some point in time soon for Penn State. Okay, now on to these championship contending teams. So don't feel bad that Penn State football isn't going to get to the Final Four because that's where Penn State field hockey makes up for it. A top 10 team all season long, now down to the Final Four. Charmarek Curtis has gotten the best out of this group, and Penn State, it's going to come down to Maryland, UNC, and Northwestern. Three Big Ten teams in the Final Four. Big Ten dominates field hockey. Uh, they beat Louisville and they beat Albany to get to this point. They're going to play North Carolina on Friday. It looks like noon is going to be the start time, and that will be at the University of Connecticut. Uh, Sophia Gladio has been a star player for them, a leading goal scorer, uh, and one of the difference makers for this team. There's a lot of them. Uh, she's She's truly one of the reasons why Penn State has gotten to this point. Also, a shout out to Penn State women's soccer now in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They beat Quinnipiac 4-1 to one in the opening round. Penn State is a number two seed. They're going to draw the seven seed West Virginia in this upcoming round. That is also going to be this Friday. Uh, West Virginia will actually be coming to State College. We'll be playing at Jeffrey Field on the campus of Penn State University. So if you're in the area, I encourage you to to go see that an NCAA tournament type game, the atmosphere, a lot on the line. Erica Dombach's squad is killing it. And let's see if they can get to the sweet 16. They were in the turn. They are always competitive. They're always in and around the postseason. And hopefully this is the year 
for the Nittany Lions, who did win a Big Ten title to propel themselves into that number two seed. Uh, so those are some of Penn State's overall athletics headlines. The uh, final segment is going to be centered around the Big Ten. I'm going to do the job of Nate Dickinson of Locked On Big Ten here and talk about what's going on with the divisions and what I would do if I was Commissioner Kevin Warren and his Locked On Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Talked about Sean Clifford, Will Levis. Feel free to continue the conversation in the comments on YouTube. I want to hear from you. Uh, also, shout out to Penn State Women's Soccer, Penn State Field Hockey. I'm making it this far in the NCAA tournaments, respectively. Penn State's got a lot of good sports, 31 of them. Uh, so this makes my job easy. Uh, even though the football season is wrapping up, there's plenty to talk about with men's basketball, wrestling, men's hockey being top five in the country now. I mean, like I said, makes these shows a lot easier and a lot more entertaining. Am I right? The Big Ten Conference is not what it used to be. I mean, I miss the days of the uh, legends and leaders divisions before uh, Maryland and Rutgers ruined everything when there were uh, it was a simpler time when the Big Ten was 12 teams and not 14. And eventually it will be 16. Uh, I, a little bit of get off my lawn here, but I am a traditionalist when it comes to the Big Ten. I want 12. To, no, I, don't, I don't really care all that much about how many teams I'm actually uh, eager to see USC and UCLA. Uh, come to the Big Ten. I think it'll provide uh, some electricity. It's different. It, it really is because you're going all the way on the West Coast. And I can explain a little more maybe in a future episode, especially when football's out of season, uh, because you can devote a whole segment to this as well. How, why UCLA and USC and not the likes of uh, maybe somebody a little more local, like an Iowa State, for example, or Kansas was discussed. Um, why those kinds of schools didn't come to the Big Ten and USC and UCLA are uh, money. That's the that's the short reason behind it. Uh, we can have a more of a conversation around it. The Big Ten is not going to get rid of divisions in 2023. Why? You you could easily do this. You could get an Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. You could get Ohio State, uh, hopefully Ohio State, Penn State, if we're speaking hypothetically. I don't want to just throw Penn State out of this conversation, but let's let's talk about the two best teams right now in the Big Ten, and, and that is the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. I would like to, even though they're going to play the last game of the season, I would like to see them in the Big Ten Championship. I don't want to see Ohio State or Michigan beat up on Illinois Iowa, Wisconsin, whoever's left it. There's four teams currently tied in the Big Ten West, not at five and two, four and three. They're all tied at four and three. Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. 
I mean, even Nebraska at a two and five still technically has some outside shot. Uh, they would need a lot of help, of course, but realistically, only Northwestern has been eliminated at the bottom with just the one Big Ten win. I, USC and UCLA cannot come to the Big Ten any faster in 2024. And are we just going to stick them in the Big Ten West because they'll dominate? It's not like the comment, uh, the competition is overwhelming right now. I also brought this up in yesterday's episode. If you haven't already go check it out. The seven takeaways from Penn state versus Maryland, but the big 10, there is just such a gap in competition. Like even though Ohio, Ohio state and Michigan are overwhelmingly the best. And then there's Penn state as that second tier. And then Penn State's all alone in that second tier. It's it's truly everybody else. There's a cluster uh, in the middle of all these teams. You can lump Maryland in there. You could lump Michigan State in there. And, and then you have the true bottom feeders of Northwestern Nebraska in Indiana. But th this is bad. This is not good for uh, any of the competition in the Big Ten. And, and that's why I say you can't just throw UCLA and USC in the Big Ten West because they'll have no problems, especially a USC We'll have no problems making it out on top, uh, and then we'll have that every year. If I'm Commissioner Kevin Warren, I say open up the conference and just let the top two teams play in the championship. Uh, the problem is you're going to have a lot of tiebreakers come into place with 16 teams basically in a free-for-all, but this is an interesting alternative, and I am totally for this because it expands a postseason. There's a rumor that with 16 teams, they can get a little symmetrical and have four divisions with four teams in each division. Okay, so what does that do differently? And then you're going to have to split them up and you'll have the East and West still um, or whatever. They, I, I hope that they go to a, a legends and leaders uh, type of division again, because throw, throw out the, uh, the geographic part here. The, the East and the West is truly the East and the West. They split it up and then there's all the West side. Uh, all the West side geographical teams are truly in the West and vice versa for the East. But so don't call it that if you don't want to follow maps, right? Uh, but you get those four teams in each of the four divisions. And then this is what they're talking about. Having a semifinal, getting four teams into a Big Ten postseason. How cool would that be? Same thing with the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. They're going to do the try to do the exact same thing. More money. That's why they're doing it. Not for the spirit of competition. Uh, but just think about that for a second. If you have uh, all four division winners play each other in a one versus four, two versus three semifinal, and then have the championship after that. I think that's the right move. That's personally what I would do. Uh, so then you have four divisions within two divisions to ultimately take four teams into the postseason. I am totally for that. And if Kevin Warren does not do that as commissioner, I, I don't know what else you can do to make the Big Ten better because that is how you do it. Um, and, and it would make, and hopefully Penn state gets into a division with Michigan state, Indiana, and Maryland, because then they will be in the playoffs every single year. James Franklin has his press conference today. So, uh, hopefully we get some updates about Joey Porter jr. Uh, Olu Fashionu, if they're going to be coming back to the team this season and what their injuries might be, hopefully not season ending. I would like to see them play uh, at least one more time. I, I don't, I don't know. We're getting down to the home stretch here, but just, just some updates on them. He'll answer questions from the media and we'll react to it all in tomorrow's episode. But thank you for joining me today. As always, follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. You can 
can follow the show at Locked On Nittany and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment, leave some feedback. Search Locked On Nittany Lines on YouTube. Very simple. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.